0: Me.
1: From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for Time. the number one comedy podcast about comedy podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast
2: commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, and this is Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Epi 46, and you know, if I didn't do all my banking online, I would still be writing 2012 on my checks. Still working on the new t-shirt, by the way. I've had several podcasters that we featured on an episode or two last year asking when I'm going to finish the damn t-shirt I talked about <clears throat> it's a succotash tea with a list of all the podcasts we featured in 2012 on the back. Well, I am still working on it and, um, I shouldn't have fired my intern. Actually, I've never had an intern that might actually get the t-shirt done. Uh, I am broadcasting or podcasting rather from uh, studio F that's right. My car, my Fiat, uh, Out of Studio P this week, and uh, it's garbage day in my neighborhood, so if you hear any strange sounds in the background, that's uh, probably the garbage men going about their business. If you heard our last installment, Epi45, I did a top 10 comedy podcast of 2012 countdown that I, well, frankly, I swiped from the AV Club website. Something I didn't realize until after we dropped the show is that it was actually their top 10 podcasts of 2012. Not comedy podcast, just their cock just their podcasts. So it just so happened that nine out of 10 of those were comedy podcasts. I was ranting about the Savage Love Show with Dan Savage not being a comedy podcast, and it isn't. It was just on the list because it was their top 10 podcasts overall. So hey, sometimes I can be a real idiot. Who better? But my point is that I also said that I like the idea of a countdown. So, starting with this episode, I will read you the Top 10 Comedy Podcasts for the week as they rank on Stitcher Smart Radio. You know Stitcher? You can listen to your favorite podcasts, including Succotash, on your smartphone or your tablet directly through your Stitcher app. No downloading. Well, except for the app, the Stitcher app, once. So click over to Stitcher.com, check them out, find out about that. And uh, while you do, here is... Their latest Top 10 Comedy Podcasts. Here are their latest Top 10 Comedy Podcasts. Counting them down. Number 10, Ari Schaefer's Shark Tank. It's up one from last week from number 11. Number 9, Doug Loves Movies, up one last week from number 10. Uh, Death Squad, down uh, down one from last week. They were number seven. The Smodcast is up uh, one week. Uh, They are now number seven from number eight. More Stories with Jay Moore is down, down one point from last week. Uh, the Nerdist has climbed up... Oh man, they just keep going up and down. The Nerdist is up one from last week. They're number five this week. And in the top four, there's been no change at all from last week. Number four, NPR's Car Talk Podcast. Number three is WTF with Mark Marin. Number two is The Adam Carolla Show. And number one on the Stitcher Smart Radio Comedy Podcast lineup is the Joe Rogan Experience. So there's your top 10 comedy podcasts from this week on Stitcher Smart Radio. I'm told those numbers don't change very much, but you guys, the humble listeners, can change all that. Hell, even Succotash jumped up 200 places a little over a month ago to get into the top 20 because of International Succotash Show Day on December 4th. This week, nothing. So get the Stitcher.com, listen, and give your faves a big thumbs up, and let's watch those numbers move. For the past two episodes, I have been promising I was going to clip a particular show. Since I did not get to it, I vowed I would slot them in the number one position this week. So, without further ado, let's hear from Dazed and Convicted. All right, a little bit more ado. That's the new podcast from Monica Hamburg, who was half of the team behind another podcast, The s Rants. Now she's got a new format, a new co-host, Bill Allman, and is focusing on stories from news featuring what Monica refers to as criminal fucktards (laughs) let's see what they've got going on over at the new dazed and convicted
3: a woman accused of driving drunk when she hit a pedestrian and who allegedly kept going for more than two miles while he was stuck to her car is a substance abuse counselor
4: what kind of advice do you think she gives people
3: if you like hit the pedestrian like don't stop whatever you do don't stop Sherry Wilkins, 51, is accused of hitting Philip Marino, 35, with her Mitsubishi Eclipse.
4: What a great ad. (laughs) No kidding.
3: (laughs) The sun will go out for all time when you're hit by our Mitsubishi Eclipse. The impact caused Marino to roll onto the car's hood and then through the windshield, where he became embedded, as she continued driving for 2.3 miles, according to Torrance Police. Bystanders who saw Marino on the hood of the car called police and eventually forced Wilkins to come to a stop.
4: Yeah, I see the old Twilight Zone film. Hey, there's something on the wing of your car.
3: (laughs) William Shatner at a very young age going,
4: There's something on the hood of the car. It's a Mexican. Wilkins told police she panicked. That's an understatement.
3: Yeah, I I thought this was a measured and appropriate response.
4: Pretty much what most people do. I hit something, I'll keep going and going and going and going and going.
3: Yeah, for the record, you don't drive.
4: Yeah, but I'm referencing other humans who function.
3: Oh, I see.
4: Wilkins told police she panicked when she hit Moreno Saturday night around 11.30pm, according to Sergeant Robert Watt of the Torrance Police Department. Her blood alcohol level was more than twice the legal limit when she was tested after the accident. Wilkins, a recovering addict. No. No, not a recovering addict. Yeah, no
3: kidding. A non-recovering addict. In fact, let's just take the word recovering out. Wilkins, an An addict. An addict
4: was working as a quote, chemical dependency counselor, unquote, at Twin Town Treatment Center. <laughs> just, just the very name would get you addicted. You're like, I can't fucking get through the name. Could I have some drugs?
3: Say it six times quickly so we know you're straight.
4: The company's president, David Lazanby, told ABCnews.com that many counselors are recovering addicts. Someone's helping you go through this process. Very and then true. you think, what can I do that will it really have an impact? But it makes perfect sense. And in, in fairness,
3: in fairness, Wilkins has had an impact. Moreno won't be taking drugs, will he? No. See? Job done.
4: (laughs) So, uh, Lizanby, this is where we get to my favorite part of the article. Lizanby called the situation tragic and noted that Wilkins had not worked at the treatment center in the days leading up to the accident. For the few days leading up to the murder, she wasn't there, because that's the part that's relevant. Had we seen her drunk, we certainly would have advised her to stop drinking and also not to impale someone on the windshield and then keep driving.
3: Moreno, who remained alive while embedded in the window, was taken to hospital where he was pronounced dead. Now this is why the Americans are righteously pissed about Obamacare. The guy's in better shape impaled on the hood of a car, through the windshield, than he is when he gets to an Obama-funded hospital, right?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah! Yeah. There you go, Monica and Bill. Good luck with the new show. Their home site is dazedandconvicted.com. You can also hear them on iTunes. They are also part of the Pod Awful channel at podawful.net. I'm glad to read in the Huffington Post just today that Larry Miller, great guy and an even better comedian, has made a pretty remarkable recovery from the brain injury he sustained in a fall last April. I first met Larry back in 1984 when I was running the comedy Underground in Seattle, and we've played clips from his podcast before, This Week with Larry Miller, which has been in reruns ever since the accident. Now I hear he's expected to be back podcasting this week. That's great. Welcome back, Larry, and we look forward to clipping something from your first show back in our very next episode. If you're looking for a quick blast from Podcast Land, listen no further than the Ten Minute Podcast. It's three funny guys: Will Sasso, Brian Callen, who are both from Mad TV, and Chris DeLia from uh, Whitney, uh, the show uh, with Whitney. Cummings and uh, one of the best things on that show by the way they are just shooting the shit and being funny and they do it all in 10 minutes it seems they go off on any topic that strikes them and in this clip it's their own nicknames
5: my name is will the mesomorphic minotaur sasso
6: ridiculous nickname man i'm the only one with a nickname it's brian the kid callan You know, it's unbelievable And I'm
5: Chris Undercover Cop (laughs) Dalia. Why (laughs) can't we all have cool nicknames? Because
6: those are You just made those names
5: up And nobody ever gave them to you Mesomorphic means that you put on muscle easily Yeah yeah. That's me I know what that means And Minotaur means I'm half man, half horse Okay, Okay, well, first of all A Minotaur is
6: not that A Minotaur, actually, you idiot That's a centaur (laughs) Centaur What a moron A Minotaur, you uneducated lout No You fucking dogoat. goat A Minotaur is a man who with a bull's head, right? What a moron! <laughs> it doesn't what really matter because neither of those what guys exist. Say? So you said Minotaur is a half man, half horse. <laughs> <laughs> I,
5: I meant sorry. I'm sorry. I meant to say the sexual centaur. Oh, it, no, you, you can't say that. that. You Listen, can't just here's that the now.
7: deal. Also, Brian, you, I didn't know you were so, you're so smart at Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. I'm edu-
6: I, well, it's called being educated.
7: Okay. So, well, yeah. here's what else you books. said. Somebody gave you. You said somebody gave you the nickname. The kid who gave you that nickname because yeah. you, well, you said we're just making nicknames for each other. It up.
6: started when I was uh, doing military stuff, um, yeah. and uh, okay. they called me the kid because I had uh, well, my fa- my my body. And my face Hey, tends let me tell you have... something.
5: Let me tell you something about my body because oh. I'm the I'm the mesomorphic oh, minotaur. Jesus that means I'm half man and half horse. I don't care what the no. fuck you think. You it can't. Means. Uh, you can't hijack I like the, the word. Name I minotaur. like the word minotaur better than centaur. But then you have a bull face. You have a bull uh, head. Uh-uh. No, here's the deal. I got a fucking upper body like a man, and then I got four horse legs in the no. back. That's a centaur. But, but my yeah, but my my upper body is so big and beefy that like I no. fall over. Uh, Listen, on to, me. Listen go, to me my face a lot Listen to me My worst t- knees <laughs> And I just crumble You're top heavy Listen to yeah, me top heavy centaur You know what is
7: uh, a man with a moose head or whatever you said A fucking bull head What is it It's, it's called, called a minotaur. minotaur No it's not You know what it's called Bull Bull You know why it's called that Because it's nothing And I can make up whatever I want Because that's not something So calling it minotaur Or whatever the fuck you want to call it Is something because It I have men, half have half bull. It's nothing. Yeah, okay, it's nothing. Well, it's That's nothing. not a thing. It's, it doesn't it's exist. It's Greek mythology. It's a,
2: mythology. Yeah, it's so a it means doo That's don't, what it is. Don't do
6: that.
2: Track those guys down to their home site at 10minutepodcast.com. They're also on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. I've been wanting to clip Jay Moore's Moore Stories podcast for a while now, and then when I heard that Brian Callen from the 10-Minute podcast we just listened to was a guest on a recent episode, I thought, what a great segue. So here's Jay Moore and Brian Callen with some funny celebrity stories from More Stories.
8: You do a movie in Atlanta, and they get you for a certain price, and then you want more than that price. And then, for some reason, Giovanni Rabisi is friends with the producer, and he goes, I'll just do it for scale, because I'm in town shooting my Pepsi Max commercial anyway. <laughs> yeah, You're out.
6: Yeah, but although Giovanni Rabisi is a hell of an actor, because he that's his life. I so lost the gets... job to him, yeah.
8: uh, Gangster Squad. Oh, yeah. I had a couple callbacks to <laughs> that. But and, uh, I can
6: guarantee you that he did all the research of that time period. He came in dressed like it.
8: Uh, that that's his deal. That's a big fear of mine. Like, to, I always try to dress a little bit. Like, if the guy, if it's like a Wyoming saloon, I'll go in with just like a flannel shirt right. and like maybe some boots. That's as and far geez. as I'll go. That's but as like, far as I'll go. Giovanni Ribisi going in with a pencil mustache, going, "Yeah, courageous cat and minute mouse." See what's in the safe, Dame? <laughs> like a, I can't. With a deer strapped across his shoulders. Yeah, you don't want the director going like, "I think." Like you don't want to be Sean Young dressed as Catwoman walking around the Warner Brothers lot and just losing. did a movie with her. You did? Just sure did. Is She she's, crazier than a shithouse rat. She's not. You what know what's funny is, is, is she, she, she was,
6: she's older now. She's got two children. She lives in Rye, New York, and she was great in the scene. Really funny in the scene, and she said, "She goes, I never, I, I, had to leave Hollywood because I never lived down where people think you're batshit crazy. Once you get labeled that in Hollywood, you, no matter what you do, whether you open an orphanage, you know, uh, whether you have a, a, a psychology practice, a crazy you're done. orphanage. In all fairness, she
8: opened a crazy orphanage. <laughs> she did open for crazy a crazy. Kids. She did open a crazy orphanage. If you got crazy kids, bring and it she to was the crazy dressed orphanage. like a
6: clown. But let me finish. The point is, uh,
8: no, yeah, yeah, no, she she was cool. But you know, in hindsight. For real. What she did to get labeled crazy is something that very easily could have been labeled one of the greatest Hollywood success stories of all time. Exactly. She wanted the role of Catwoman. Yep. And I believe it was Joel Shoemaker, I believe. Yes. And went to his office, dressed as Catwoman, Mm -hmm. in full character, like purring and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, you got to get out of here. Like, you're crazy. And, you know, any other person, any other director, any other scenario, any other lot, they go, that's when I knew I had my Catwoman. Yeah. Like that's that's right. They and did. there are so many
6: stories like that.
8: Forest you know, Whitaker, you know this one? No. He wasn't working. Uh, he goes into his uh, for a long time. He wasn't working. Uh, I think it was pre, like right around Ghost Dog, pre Ghost Dog or after Ghost yeah. Dog. It was a chunk. You can yeah. look at IMDb. And so he goes, hey, uh, "Hey, how you doing? I'm here to see my agent." And he goes to his agent's office and I'm like, "Okay." And the agent goes, "Hey, Forrest, how you doing?" He goes, uh, "I'm doing pretty good. I just wanted to say hi." And they're like, anything I can help you with? He goes, no. And they're like, all right, uh, I'm going to go to lunch. So, nice seeing you. He goes, okay. And the guy, Agent, goes to lunch, comes back, and Fires Whitaker is still sitting like in that little room right before you go to the office, like the waiting room, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, can I help you with anything? He goes, no. And he's got like books. He's got- like
6: He's staying there until he gets an audition. And then
8: finally, like, at the end of the day, <clears throat> they're closing up. And the guy goes, you ready to go? He goes, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay i think i'll just you know i'm okay and the guy the agent goes i'm not sure what's going on he goes well i figured since i don't have any work and i got nowhere to go i'll just stay here until i got someplace to go wow he was on the set of like uh um, wow uh what was the hospital i moment? love that man was the hospital tv show um not chicago hope uh, no ER. he was on like er like the next day Wow. Literally, like, your agent picks up the phone and goes, he'll work for 5000 Not like, just, give, yeah. him, like, give, just- him, give him a job.
2: More Stories is the flagship podcast at Jay Moore's Podcast Network called FakeMustache.com. You can also catch him on iTunes, of course.
1: Hello, friends. Are you ready for Henderson's Pants to make your dreams come true? Because they're here. Henderson's Genie Pants are here. Silky and shimmery, blousy and flowing, made with the most billowy and diaphanous materials you you've ever seen. Henderson's genie pants cinch at the waist and ankles and fit like an absolute dream. You'll believe you rubbed a lamp and that Henderson's pants has granted your every wish when you see these 100% genie pants. Are they fucking kidding me? Genie pants? Good God. You know, I have peddled a lot of bullshit with these people over the years, but what has gotten into their little pinheads this time? I mean, no offense to pinheads, to be sure, but, I mean, come on, people. Genie pants. You're losing your heads. I'll tell you what happened. Another major fuck-up at the Henderson's Pants Plant in Denton, Delaware. That's what. They're probably trying to resurrect parachute pants or some kind of shit like that or somebody on the assembly line went batshit crazy as a coyote on quaaludes. Well, it's just... Simply say this bullshit with a straight face. And now back to. What? Uh, Bill? Don't you try to shut me up this time, Mr. Joe Paulino, all safe and warm in your ivory tower glass booth with your little communication arts degree. Line one. It's old Matt Henderson. Oh, it is? Oh, fantastic. I'll give him a piece of my mind, what little mind I have left. Hello, Bill Haywatt speaking. Yes, hello, Mr. Haywatt. Hello, Mr. Henderson. Yes. Yes, nice to yes, meet you. I was sense. just in the middle of your genie pants spot. Yes, that's my own idea. Oh, really? They were your idea. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I must yeah. confess, I really don't quite get them, oh, you know, really. Well, I send you a dozen pairs. Uh, oh, are you, you're kidding me. A a absolutely. F- dozen pairs? Oh, very oh that's company. very I'm generous, sir. Right I'll send you a whole bunch Oh, of them. should I send you my sizes? Oh, it won't be necessary. We oh, you have them? Oh, yes, of course. And the free fairy pants you sent me a while back. Oh, pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Call me George. Peter, George. George, yes. Well, thank right, you, George. Thank yes. you, well, you must call Charles me Bill, really. Uh, hello. Uh, be- hello, George. This is Bill. Hello. Oh, must have lost the signal. Well, that changes everything. How fortuitous. Well, then, now, where was I? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Originally designed for supernatural wish granters, Barbara Eden and podcast booth announcers, Henderson's genie pants are available for a wish and $79.95. Unless you know somebody. <laughs> That's Henderson's, makers of fine busky and pantalones since 1843, and now back to Suckatash.
2: You know, you can't escape the Pod Mafia, no matter how, how hard you try, there's no way out. Even though I recently played something from a couple of the Pod Mafia's made men, Tommy Royal and Angus Doodle, in our recent Christmas card episode, I had to play this next clip because it features me. It's from Royal and Doodle's Christmas Panto Show, where they had various members of the Pod Mafia from around the world record lines for this holiday audio play, and then they stitch the whole thing together like a Christmas goose. The two main characters are on a journey that winds them up, asking the Peapod Father for a favor, and the Peapod Father was none other than yours truly.
9: And so, with no enthusiasm at all, Dick took Jack to the offices owned by the Peapod Father unbeknown to jack dick had had dealings with the peapod father before some very very shady dealings of which he wasn't proud and nor was the peapod father by all accounts rumor of taking hats off had been mentioned but never substantiated dick was connected by phone to the peapod father who reluctantly agreed to see dick's friend jack The Peapod father made it clear that this was the last time Dick could call upon him for a favour. He would listen to the situation, but promise nothing. So, five minutes later, they were stood outside a large oak door. A voice called to them from inside. Come into my office, boys. So,
10: what is it you want from me? Well, we don't want anything specific. Just some advice, really. So you don't need someone whacked? Whacked? You mean spanked? Get out of here! No, whacked, as in taken care of, given a long rest, sleeping with the fishes, capiche! So you're a bit like a National Health Service hospital then? Listen, I say the word and someone usually ends up dead.
1: Oh, so you are a National Health Hospital then?
10: Quit with the hospital bullshit. I don't got time for this. Either tell me what it is you want or leave. Hey, Peapod Father,
9: if I could just butt in. My friend here, he's acquired some magic seeds, and he'd like to shift them if you get my drift.
10: Okay, let me get this straight. You come here today, on the release day of my favourite podcast, Sucker's Ash, which incidentally you should check out. It's essential listening for anyone interested in becoming a good fella. It's put out by a close associate of mine, the Podfather, recorded in Studio B, Salty Salad Bowl, the home of the hitmen. I digress.
9: The Peapodfather looked directly into Jack's
10: eyes. Because you don't know me, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Do you think I'm some kind of petty drug dealer? Do you think a man of my standing would be involved in the potential death of innocent people? Women? Children? No. Gentlemen, I am insulted. But take your stinking seeds and never darken my door again. But, but nothing. Go! And on your way out, could you send in Adnan Khashoggi?
9: So bemused and in fear of their lives, our heroes quickly left, stopping only to tell the very rich-looking Arab gentleman that he should go in.
11: Ah,
12: it's hopeless, Dick. I have no option but to go home and face my mother.
2: I am truly humbled and honored that Royal and Doodle asked me to join in their reindeer games. Anytime, lads, find yourself in Royal and Doodle's company at royalanddoodle.com and also on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Nerd alert, and in a big way, comedian Brian Posehn, who you may know from the Sarah Silverman Show, just started hosting a podcast over on the Earwolf Network called Nerd Poker, which is a euphemism for Dungeons and Dragons, or D&D, as it's often called. The show is Brian and a handful of funny friends, including Blaine Capatch, Ken Daly, Jerry Duggan, and Sarah Gazarda, who have all created strange and wonderful characters that go on adventures overlorded by their dungeon master, Scott Robeson. Because all these folks are comics, and writers, and actors, it's pretty funny. And even if you haven't been into D&D for over 30 years, I... Oops, did I say that? You'll probably still enjoy it. It's hard to encapsulate enough of a sample of them playing the game in a clip. So I've snipped out a feature of the show called Crazy Shit That's Happened in Old Adventures.
13: So this is uh, time for this segment. We still have no name for. It. Maybe one of you guys will come up with a better name. Uh, but but it's just basically crazy shit that's happened in old adventures. Um, this isn't so much uh, a, a specific thing, but it, it's more this character that I played. One of the fir- was it the first character that we did together in, in our first adventure? I think it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> My, yeah, yeah. Sounds like it. Um, yeah, Jackie, we, the first is, thing we did was on the pirate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's where we met him. That was our pirate yeah. episode. So I basically rolled. I, I, uh, I, rolled, I had I played a ninja, and then how did we do that? He you was just, a, he was a monk. All you did is you rolled Jackie
11: Chan, and then you yeah. named him Jackie. Yeah, and I made him psychotic. Yeah. and made him
13: act like Jackie Chan. Yeah, I basically played a really crazy Jackie Chan. Um, he would keep heads. He had um but how many heads did I have at once, but like I, I carried a bag yeah on a, or like a backpack, I carried basically a backpack, and when I would behead people with my sword i'd then carry their heads around in the backpack for a while until yeah. the smell started to irritate everybody in the group. The things I remember
11: about Jackie were he, you for some reason decided he loved pickles, like he would kill for a pickle.
13: That's when you guys all met me. I was in a barrel of pickles. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was living in a barrel of pickles.
14: (laughs) Jackie loved pickles, and you you would think
13: that would make someone hate pickles. No, no, he 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 ate them to live, and then he wound up being that went up being his favorite food. I also remember yeah, at one you, you point... You would think it would go the Jack, other way.
11: Jackie but. and Pickles were friends. At, at one point, Jackie, uh, you guys found it. It was like I drew on a little water world, and you guys found a map Somebody had oh, a, map yeah, yeah. a map tattooed yeah. on their back.
13: So and instead so, of keeping him alive with us... Or I, instead of even
11: just drawing a copy of it... Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Jackie <laughs> cut, cut his back skin off and yeah. saved it forever. You carried yeah, that yeah, stupid carry back skin <laughs> mask <laughs> he forever. He needed to know where we were going. <laughs> yeah. It still had bits of meat and hair. And uh,
13: uh, I, I think I cleaned it at one point. <laughs> That's Apple Maps for you. He bathed it in pickle juice. Um, and then what happened to Jackie? I mean, uh, how did that adventure end? Um, I don't remember one one what the happened to Did we all die? I remember I'm sure you, we all
11: died. I remember you, Brian, were yeah. so happy in real life when you were out finally able to jump on a sail and slide down it like oh, a yeah. pirate. No,
13: I was just going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. I actually did. That was the did. first big move that uh, anybody did in the campaign that, uh, that yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, and it was an agility <laughs> check, right? uh Yeah.
11: yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and there was I, and not I, much to it,
13: but, I, but you it, were no, but so I, happy. You no, like made your year. But it hung upon me making a really big yep, role, yep. and so I made this role. And did I have to do more than one to make it all the way down the sail? Uh, you probably climbed up the mast and did it again just for the fuck of <laughs> you it. You finally <laughs> lived
11: the dream from your
12: favorite movie, <laughs> right. the pirate movie. <laughs>
13: But uh, that was just a, a crazy character. And that was kind of, um, ever since then, I've mostly played big guys. That was like the smallest guy I ever played. Yeah. But like a lot of my characters, he was bloodthirsty do, uh, and kind of out of his mind. Do
11: you remember Jackie's oh, voice? No,
13: oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't Why?
11: Why don't you remember his voice? <laughs> this isn't the beginning of the segment called Real Life Racism in d <laughs> We... <laughs>
13: Okay, well we do characters (laughs) like that. We uh, you play them, uh, so you talk the way they talk. Totally. You know. um, How did Jackie talk though? I don't even remember (laughs) how Um, that went. uh, Okie doke. I love uh, pickles, (laughs) Alex.
11: uh, Oh, oh, oh,
13: uh, okey doke. Yeah, that was it. It Jackie Brown. Just like that, but way more racist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So this has been another (laughs) segment of crazy shit from old adventures.
2: Let's dip into the old tweet sack, and mentions in the tweet sack this week include Cooper Show TV, Emilio Rosal, Podquard, King Meanie, Rapture Insurance, Jagged Podcasts, Too Heavy to Skydive, PF66, we heard from Brett Hamill, Barrelhouse Red, Barker Podcasts, Illusionoid Pod, Jeffrey Welchman, Brit and American, Epic Playground Incorporated, The D-Head Factor, we also heard from The Half Scoop, Clutch Wiggle Ent. Soda Pop Talk, Clutch 43, Wassus Miller, Wendy Bio, and Banter It Out. And that's everything we got in the Tweet Sack this week. Let's have a little musical break from our friend John Anilio and his Undead Love Song. A supernatural wedding day
15: A blushing Like a teen werewolf Or an old vampire But she loves her zombie man She loves her zombie man Her zombie man This is an undead love Everyone will think it's wrong, they just don't understand those on the Lovers need not be alive for a true love to survive, a fragile heart need not rot alone. When they went on their drank champagne in their hotel room But then the bride went into shock when his foot fell off and he lost his calm. But she loves her zombie man She loves her zombie man Zombie man This is an undead Love song Everyone will think It's wrong They just don't understand Those zombie moors The lovers need Not be alone for true love to survive A fragile heart need not rot alone But it ain't easy Being married to an undead lover The bride is always under attack And people ask her Why can't she find another, and why is she a necrophiliac, a necrophiliac? This is an undead love song, everyone will think it's wrong, they just don't understand those zombie Lovers need not be alive for true love to survive. A fragile heart need not
2: rot alone. That's Undead Love Song, the acoustic version from our friend John Anilio and his album Laser Robot Zombie Love. Find it and a whole lot more at johnanilio.com or click on the link at our home site, succotashshow.com. He also co-hosts the Functional Nerds podcast with Patrick Hester, so check that out if you get a chance. Comedian, actor, and international drinking ambassador Zane Lamprey hosts a show that used to be called Drinking Made Easy, but now goes by the name The Zane Lamprey Show. Succotashians were turned on to Zane when we had That Chris Gore on as our co-host a month or so ago. Here's a clip of Zane, his posse Steve McKenna, Fun Josh and Mel, along with guest three-time Playboy Playmate Jessica Hall.
15: You're the guest with the best on the Zane Lepre Show. We
16: are joined by Jessica Hall of, uh, your show is called Playboy's Party on Sirius XM 102.
17: Yes, every day, three to five. And
16: you were in the magazine, and if you didn't know that, uh, we had a um, someone write us an email... That, that knew you were going to be on the show today.
17: Oh, not a voice. This is Wes.
16: <laughs> Wes Dubois. No, Wes, or is it Dubois or Dubois?
17: I think he prefers First Dubois. Dubois.
16: You, oh, yeah. Ooh, that's think, fancy. Yeah. Oh, it, it go, well, it's I, well. I would prefer Dubois. Dubois is fancy, but they say Dubois. So it makes it easier to spell, but it's not as fancy. Duboisy? Like Duboisy. Yeah. Works. He said, Ooh, Jessica Hall, please ask her in a frustrated and desperate tone why she never returned any of my letters. She, she slipped all the way from number four. To number five on my list because of that,
17: what letters? Well, that's they have the- my home address. No, no, and no. I no. Didn't start worrying. I, no,
16: that's th- this is West. This is West being funny, but oh. but like <laughs> it's funny. Do you having how many times were you were you in Playboy in the magazine?
17: Uh, three times.
16: Okay, and does that make you more approachable for guys, or do they, or is it more intimidating for them to like you know they come up and they're like hey you know.
17: You know, I don't think guys are that intimidated. If I make an appearance, which I, I don't go out that often, but when I do, these guys will come up with my naked photos oh. and be like, can you sign this? And I'm like, yeah, just not my vagina. <laughs> you know? like, it's, it's a little out there. That's quite embarrassing. <laughs> I brought my parents to an event. It was a nice, you know, clean, nice charity event. Save the Tigers. And this guy comes up and printed, like, poster size, And it was one of the most provocative photos I took for Playboy. And I looked over at my mom, and she's like, mm, don't sign that, please. Uh-huh. I'm like, no worries. So, you know, I, they're not intimidated. That's my point.
16: Have, have, now, you have to assume <laughs> that your so parents easy. have seen it or haven't seen it.
17: No, no, no. If you ask my dad, someone cut, you know, my head off uh, mm-hmm. and put it on someone else's body when it was in Playboy. That's what he goes by. Oh,
14: Oh,
16: yeah, Yeah, because (laughs) I wonder. Justifying it in
17: his head. (laughs) What if he had like friends that were like, "Hey, you know, I'm sure they have, but you know, my family's extremely supportive, but my dad does not talk about me being in Playboy. It's just never happened. That's the safer out. You know, would
16: be bad (laughs) though. Okay, so, but but you looked good in it. So, but it'd be different if like you didn't look good. You know what I mean like me right now I mean I'm a little a few pounds more than I than oh, than my, my fighting Lord. weight. It would be embarrassing <laughs> if there was like a fat photo of me. It would be
15: so embarrassing.
16: <laughs> but if there was like if a, a photo of me, I guess if I was naked. No,
15: it's still embarrassing. But
16: what, what, what if I looked awesome like, "Oh my god, Zane, that's impressive." Looks that's like a baby's arm holding an apple down it, there.
17: Zane, it's called airbrushing. Yeah. It takes a lot for a guy to look good naked, too. You know that massive hair <laughs> on the did, back of their legs. It's all gross and messy. I know, but
6: let's yeah. say
16: I looked. I looked. No. Nope. I, I wasn't too airbrushed, where I looked masculine enough, but I didn't look like it worked out too much. It just looked natural. Ryan no, Reynolds. No. Ryan Reynolds.
17: Okay. Ooh, true, uh, true. Yeah. Okay. Ryan he probably looks. Good. Ryan
16: Reynolds or Ryan? Anyone named Ryan? But they naked. don't naked. True.
17: For a Ryan Felipe.
16: They don't drink for a living. But I'm saying, I wouldn't be embarrassed if there's like, a naked photo. I'd be like, hey. I'm sorry, I'm
17: just laughing. I would say, like, hey,
16: does anyone have a naked photo I could sign? Because if you don't, I brought a few. That would be
2: me. That's,
17: but that's kind a, of awesome. But that's a that's a guy's perspective. <laughs> Maybe if he did one of your dance poses, that would be cool.
2: Belly up to the bar at Lamprey.com, iTunes, and also OpenSky.com is a place you can catch him. Although she's pretty well known as Adam Carolla's newsy sidekick on his podcast, The Adam Carolla Show, Allison Rosen's been hosting her own show, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, since 2009. She's very engaging, involves her listeners in the show with some games, and thanks largely to her clout from being part of Corolla Digital, formerly Ace Broadcasting, she gets some awesome guests. Here's a clip from her recent two-part visit with Dave Attell. No God. No. At all? None. Wow. Even with the climate change?
14: I just I don't blame God for that. I blame us for that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mm. What about you? I don't know. I, I think he's somewhere between. You know. I think God. Uh, I do believe in God, and I believe he's uh, he's uh, really angry at us. That's why there's a lot of you know misery in the world. But I would say uh, prayers are good. But he is wearing headphones, so he does not hear, and it's not his fault. It's just uh, there's so many cheap and affordable.
14: Uh, what you know, kind mu- of like what is he wearing? <laughs> is he wearing uh, noise canceling headphones? Because I, I need something. Because aforementioned non-Jewish husband boyfriend mm-hmm. snores. Oh, he we does. just moved in together, so this is a new. Oh, it's, a, it's a new Mike thing. and Malley.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> you never know what the sitcom is to say. Like, right. You know, what, know. What's your sitcom if you guys were like a sitcom there?
14: Oh God, I, I don't even know what the a
0: Bridget loves Bernie. That I'm like a hundred years old. That, that was like the first, you know, Jew non-Jew right. sitcom. Right. You know.
14: There was a spinoff of Facts of Life. It was an interracial couple. It was like Tootie's aunt or something.
0: Tootie's aunt? I believe. Well, I missed that one.
14: Yeah. And uh, there was only one episode of it.
0: Mm. Was Joe involved in it? Because she was my favorite character.
14: Was she? she yeah. I don't think she was in that one. She, Except maybe it started at Eastland, mm-hmm. so she would have popped in, but she wasn't. She didn't have a pivotal well, role. Well, you know a lot about this. Uh, Facts of Life is... See, I'm 100 years old, but only no, as regards not. to... Facts of life. Okay, I well, Joe,
0: I think was the first strong woman's role model. Would you Would you agree?
14: Uh, yeah, out of the way, Helen. Reddy. Exactly. Was Helen. Joe Reddy.
0: Susan B. Anthony. Joe right. from Facts of Life, and then uh,
14: Lady Godiva. Lady
0: Godiva and uh, Joan of Arc. Who do you got? Joan of Arc. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody of like today's time. I mean,
14: Nellie Bly. Hillary
0: Clinton. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Hillary go. Clinton. Yeah. There you she,
14: go. She She could be a strong woman.
0: She's excellent. I'm voting for her if she runs for president. Do you think she will? I hope so. I mean, who knows if we'll still have this system by that time. But I assume we'll go back to some kind of royalty, uh, you know, um, thing at some point, you know, Mm -hmm. English.
14: Right. So I spoke over you, ironically, when we were talking about uh, noise-canceling headphones and whatnot. You were saying that you do actually think there's a God.
0: Um, Well, I do believe in snoring. I I don't know which one you want to talk about. But I do believe in God, and uh, I'm not just doing that because I believe, uh, you know— uh, uh, a lot of the audience believes in God, but I believe in God. I do. And I know he hates me. So there you go.
14: Have you always?
0: What? As a Jew, believe in God?
14: Well, as a human.
0: Yeah, no, I, I really believe in the Old Testament and like how like, you know, all these so tests and trials and okay. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I believe in all that. Yeah. Do you
14: believe – what do you believe happens when you die?
0: Oh, you just die. You die and, and that's it. And then, um, you know, if you're Jewish, you have to be buried right away. That's the cool thing about Jews. You got to be buried right away. And then it's a lot of eating. But the Irish – I've <laughs> I've, lost a, I've gone to a million funerals, okay? The Irish uh, wake, nothing beats that. That is cool. It's fun. And it's the way to go. Everybody gets out. They cry. They get drunk. They tell stories. It's a lot of fun. The Jews, we just put them in a box, bury them, and then it's a lot of talking about
2: cars and carpet and all that kind of stuff. Mm. You can find more of her at alisonrosen.com. Also on iTunes. Bert Kreischer is a comedian with a podcast, imagine that, and a forthcoming documentary that's being done about him. I clipped his episode 5 where he interviewed the two filmmakers who've been following him around, Jeff Johnson and Jeff Hinman. In this segment they talk about what happened when they went out after hours with fellow comic Hannibal Burris.
18: I mean Hannibal Burris, who's one of my who's I hate to say one of my favorite comics now cuz he featured for me once, so it's I hate to see him leapfrog me like that, but he really <laughs> is there's a moment where Hannibal gets Uh, I will say liberally inebriated and believes that the cameras that are, that are following me around are paparazzi following me around (laughs) and he does his best to distract the paparazzi. (laughs) It's fucking so funny. And I told Annabelle, I go, I will never let you look foolish in this, but there is a, there is a, I'm sure the way you cut it together is going to be so fucking hilarious because he was, blitzed it yeah.
7: was uh that was a funny moment for me because we we were in amsterdam we'd come out of one of the warm-up shows and everybody was going to head to the whiskey bar
18: warm-up show by the way is is me hannibal kyle canane um i, I want to say russell peters tom rhodes not russell peters Not russell, tom russell. rhodes christina pacinski yeah it's it's um, the it's the live the red light live from amsterdam red light district special and th- th- is this the one show where I bo- fucking bombed? No, yeah. no, no. This yeah, was the yeah, show
7: yeah. before. This was at Toomler. Oh, Tombler. Toomler. yeah. yeah. Toomler yeah. show. And, and we were at the Toomler show, and, and we we're all standing outside waiting for cabs, and somehow we get split up into two cabs. And, and by this point, uh, Hannibal... They is-
18: close the bar down at Toomler, and they go, yeah. you guys can hang out. And right. that, was the, that was our first mistake. Right. Because we hung out, and, it, and everyone... And we're in Amsterdam. It was, right. a, it was you know it was, it was a fun everyone's abroad everyone's got a passport in their back pocket anything could happen <laughs> and freaking we proceed to get blitz the group the lot of us and then and then Heading to cabs and and, and
7: and Hannibal had been so uh, so friendly and so like he was great all easy night. to be around a lot yeah. yeah you know really liked being around him I thought just funny as hell I thought he was hilarious and he uh, is really fucking funny. yeah I, and I've seen his special since and and I think he's uh, really really funny but uh, we got split up into two cabs and the rest of you go in the front cab and I end up in a cab with Hannibal and I think well, I'm trying to remember who else like there's only three of us I want to one of see. Yeah. one other person it might have been the guy yeah. from Amsterdam an Amsterdam comedian. Uh, there was one guy that was kind of hanging around. Pete with Pete Johansson, us. maybe, and he's, no, he's, it wasn't Pete. It was, it was. I don't remember. It, it's, it's irrelevant. But I'm sitting there in the cab, and I was trying to just kind of make conversation with Hannibal at this point because I don't know him very well. Uh, and we're riding, you know, 20 minutes over to the whiskey bar, and and he's really, really quiet. I'm like, "Are you all right?" And he's like, uh, "You know, maybe you shouldn't bring the cameras into the next place." And I'm like, "What's, what's going on?" He, he's, he's like, "Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't keep following. Him. I think they're trying to get away from you." And I'm like, "Get away from me!" I'm like, "We're, we're with Bert." And he's like. He's like, just trust me on this. I think they're trying to get away from you. And he, he starts clam- He's like, are you writing a book? Are you, uh, what is this all about? Why are you asking me all these questions? He starts getting really intense. I'm like, oh, this is going south. And, uh,. So by the end of the ride, he goes, he goes. I think that that other car with everybody else in it went in a different car because they're trying to get away from you because they think you're paparazzi. And I'm like, okay, I just I just started clam up. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. We get out of the car. You're in a car by yourself? I'm in you? a car pretty much by myself with Hannibal in a country I don't know. And a guy and, from a different country. And a guy from a different country just, I don't know. The
18: only- and I'm people, the guy with the camera. The only two people who don't speak English
7: are fighting.
3: And this is right. like almost literally day one of shooting. By right.
7: Like this is, <laughs> and I, I'm just barely starting to get the feel for the whole thing. Anyway, it's a little bit of an awkward situation to follow you around with a camera the whole time. Anyway, because you feel a little oh, bit, you know. Yeah. It feels a little voyeuristic, and like people aren't always sure they want you
18: around. So you're trying to kind of balance that. And and he's basically
7: calling me <laughs> paparazzi here so on the going
18: to the next bar. And uh, and and everyone's buzz sets in where we're like, well, we're we're. Very now everyone's buzzed, and we order three glasses of wine. I never forget this. We order three glasses of wine, and I tell Hannibal he he didn't have one because I didn't order him one. It was me. I, I think Aaron who books the improv, Christina Pajenski, and Hannibal's at a table. And you guys are filming from afar now, and like paparazzi. <laughs> right. And Hannibal keeps going there watching us, they're watching us. And I'm, I've got a mic on. I'm like, I know, I know. I'm paying them to watch us, Hannibal. Right, right. And, and he goes. He goes well. We gotta get rid of these, and he pounds all three glasses of wine. <laughs> right. And I go and I go. All right, we gotta get him home. And so, and so 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 we walk. We I, I tell you guys, I go do not film Hannibal fucking hammered. Yeah, like and you guys are like totally cool. He's a nice guy. We don't want him to look at all foolish. And and there's I don't guarantee you anytime that this is shown. Anything that is going to be is either fucking hilarious or not fool. Like it's going right. to be great. So we go to walk Hannibal home, and we're walking to Hannibal home that night, and we run into Tom Rhodes, and we're and we're like, Tom, can you take him from here? And he goes, yeah. And then he puts his arm around him. Hannibal. He says to Hannibal, where are you going? And Hannibal goes, out. And Tom goes, me too. And they take off for the night. They fucking go out and party for the rest of the fucking
2: night. Get more of The Machine at BurtCast.com, iTunes, and also Stitcher Smart Radio. The official blurb calls the Cox and Crendor show the highest quality non-content 30-minute morning show on the internet in podcast form, and it seems to be holding that spot fairly well. (laughs) These guys are out of Los Angeles, and if, you know what, if they don't smoke pot, they really need to explain why they laugh so damn much during their show. Here's a bit of a tear they went off on recently about director David Lynch.
12: And for those of you who remember yesterday's show, we had a little segment where we talked about David Lynch. And since that time, Crendor and I have been on sort of a David Lynch bender. Yeah. (laughs) And we have seen things that cannot (laughs) be unseen. They can't. He's officially a crazy person. But the best part is, on YouTube they have all these videos of people interviewing him. And we just watched one where this guy, hipster, to the nth degree. Like (laughs) a guy who's like, I totally get you, man is listening to David Lynch talk about one of his music videos that he made for a song he's singing that's like, Daddy pours beer on her. <laughs> like,
11: Bobby has
12: a red shirt. <laughs> like, that's the song. Like, those yeah. are the lyrics to the song, and that's the song. It's like, he set his hair on fire. <laughs> it's crazy.
19: They're in a backyard barbecue.
12: Yeah, the video is there's a backyard barbecue and everyone's repeating the same action over and over again and mm. it's crazy. And so David Lynch is describing it like, Well, you know, there's rungs on a ladder of enlightenment. <laughs> <And> the guy <laughs> the guy interviewing him is like, Yup. That makes oh, total I know sense. Exactly what you're talking about.
19: <laughs> now I know that I'm on rung number thirty seven. <laughs> But, what rung are you on, David? Well, I happen to be on rung number 126 of 1,024 rungs.
12: The best part is, your David Lynch is wonderful.
19: (laughs) (laughs) And my hair took eight hours to do this morning.
12: (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think that David Lynch believes... His, the rungs of consciousness are based on how high you can get your hair.
19: <laughs> they probably are. It probably scores you a few bonus points. It does. The people in the video, he's like, where are the people in this video? And he's like, they're pretty low on the ladder. <laughs>
12: <laughs> oh, my God. So we went down this rabbit hole of David Lynch, and uh, we noticed that a bunch of you guys had actually commented on the videos. And Crendor, I went and found some of those comments, and they are amazing.
19: Speaking of rabbit holes, David Lynch rabbits. What we talked about yesterday, the video with the rabbits,
12: and how it's just like them. It's weird. It's so weird. It's them as people in a, in like a house, and they're just doing people things. But it's like real creepy. There's like
19: laugh tracks and like people just being like, like TV style like. But it's
12: it's very weird and borderline disturbing and some so, people
19: yeah. said back here again thanks to Crendor again thanks jesse and Crendor. i didn't want to sleep ever again anyways mm-hmm. i think i'm just not hipster enough to appreciate any of this
2: thanks jesse and Crendor. i guess <laughs> that's cox and Crendor, and i don't know if they have a true home site i couldn't find one but you can find them on soundcloud and on itunes now, normally we close out each episode with a burst-o'-durst, but our ambassador to the middle, Will Durst, is off enjoying a post-holiday vacation in a tropical clime. He's far from technology, so he will be back next time. But if you need your fix-o'-will, climb on up to willdurst.com and, uh get as much as you can grab. Well, that's going to do it for Epi 46 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. It has been a blast. Next Epi, I will feature an interview with special guest David Owen, one of the founders and organizers of the San Francisco Sketch Fest, which kicks off very soon here in the city by the bay. In the meantime, if there is a favorite comedy podcast you listen to but haven't heard us feature on the show, drop me a line at markmarc at suckatashow.com you can also call into our Succotash hotline and leave us a message. That number is area code 818-921-7212. And if you are a comedy podcaster and would like us to feature a clip from your show, you can send us a three to five minute MP3 clip to clips at show.com. Like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, thumbs up us, th- thumbs up us on Stitcher, and retweet us at Succotash Show. Hey... Don't forget to pass the suck attack. You've been listening
1: to Socketash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Packs. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com or at Succotash Show on iTunes and even at Succotash Show on your smartphone, Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Succotash Show, Friend Suckatash on Facebook, Email us at marc at succotashshow.com or just pick up that phone and give Succotash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durgis. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please... Pass the succotash.
20: I'm putting my own twist on the southern classic that's filled with delicious summer veggies. I call it summer in succotash. Yeah. So yeah. much fun to say. Ooh. Say it once. Summer in succotash.
21: Summer in succotash. <laughs> Sounds filthy. <laughs> <laughs> it I love it, filthy. I love it. I love so it.
20: this is one of my all-time favorite dishes from growing up because my parents would I'm one of four. They would pack us all in the car. We'd go on this huge road trip and we'd stop at little farm stands along the way and just grab a whole bunch of veggies. And especially summer in New Jersey. Let me tell you, that there's some good corn, and this was always like a summer Good
2: staple corn for in her. New Jersey. Good corn, I know. In New
20: Jersey? I
11: know. I know.
20: I know. The, Mid- the
2: Midwest is the corn. Jersey enough. people do not understand that the Midwest has the best corn <laughs> by far. By far, it's not even close.
20: But, <laughs> but I have.
21: <laughs> Jersey has a lot of good things. Corn is not their thing. I'm yes. gonna tell you right
20: now. Malls, <laughs> diners, and corn. corn. Yeah, yeah, Daphne Oz, Kelly Ripa, and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've got my spring onions going here in the pan <laughs> with the olive oil. Tom is doing a marvelous job cutting up my fresh corn, and that's going to stay raw. What we're cooking with the spring onions are these lovely green beans, Mm -hmm. and I actually was thinking over the break, I have a theory on why my parents would pile us all in the car, besides the fact that it was a great way just to, like, get some vacation time in and put everyone together. Tom clearly had a death wish growing up. He was playing with power tools. He told Mm -hmm. me over the break, today it looks like doomsday here in New York. It is black outside. And Tom said when there were tornadoes in the Midwest, they would go chase them. So- yeah, we get
21: our cars and go try to find them. And sometimes <laughs> we would. But so, that, you
20: know. So my theory is just that my parents thought if they put all of us in the that's car... That's why I've
21: been married four times. <laughs>
20: <laughs> 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 they could keep yeah, track all of sorry, us. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that sounds... What's that's- your theory? Why were
21: you in the car, honey?
20: So that, I didn't- so that I didn't get married three times and go try to chase tornadoes. <laughs> I love it. All right, I'm making a little light vinaigrette to go over our fresh summer corn. We've got white wine vinegar going with a little olive oil. We've got a sprinkle of salt sorry, I'm reaching all no, over that's okay, you. That's These okay. are beautiful. Okay. You did such a good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Those are going in here. Sure do you know a good job for Wait, her,
13: Tom. Man. Do you
20: watch this show, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what this is called? A broken spatula? <laughs> 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 it is called Michael Simon Open Scraper. That's right. Oh, yeah. One of Michael Simon's favorite dishes. We didn't get oh, a microplane in here at all. He, uh, he uh, doesn't, doesn't know anything about you. Ever, <laughs> a little I more olive oil. It doesn't stick to our pan. And this also, by the way, you could totally make this as a raw salad. Or if you had grilled corn, like we do a lot of grilling on the, yep. on the grill with our corn, you could just take the kernels right off there if you wanted to do more of a cooked hot salad. Are you a cold salad or a hot salad? I like cooked, hot salads. Hot salad? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And do you have kids of your own?
21: Uh, working on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah is Sarah. it taking
20: five minutes or less?
21: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that looks gorgeous. That's a, when you're t- when you're trying to do it. You know the t- the pressure's on you. Oh my god, my wife's like, oh my gosh, we gotta go. I'm like, well, right now. She goes, yeah, the time is now. <laughs> <laughs>
14: and then you gotta you gotta.
21: It's easy. You, the man, you gotta show up. You know what I mean? Give me a minute. The, the half, <laughs> i think get psyched up for this.
20: Half the battle, <laughs> half the battle is getting there, and then getting the pillows off the bed, like you said. And yeah, then we're good exactly. To go. All right, so we're just putting a little fresh basil on top. And what I like about this is, obviously, the mix of fresh and cooked herbs and vegetables in here. Mm-hmm. And then do you know what this is?
21: Um, is it uh, almonds or Toast, some nuts?
20: Toasted hazelnuts. Yeah, just chopped yeah, yeah, up to yeah, add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Drop them in.
21: I love nuts. If, if something has nuts in it, I'll <laughs> order it. You know what I mean? Like a salad with nuts, or and I'll say, hey, with extra nuts on that salad. It makes me feel like I'm getting something good, like a treat.
20: It's hearty that way, exactly. A little fresh red chili pepper flake right there. And then this is our sneaky trick. Like I said, this is actually a great way to empty your fridge if you have a ton of beautiful fresh produce coming in. And we always had blueberries around because we like our antioxidants in the Oz family. So we're going to put those in here. And it really gives this corn something to play with. If you think about corn being really sweet and fresh, Mm -hmm. you have that hot spicy chili flake, you have the beautiful crunchy green veggies, and then you have the nice fresh blueberries.
13: Oh,
21: wow! She prepped it for you. Mm, and Everything nice. Very, very nice. And the blueberries aren't tart, no. which I like. You like very them? good. Could I you like make it at
15: home? <laughs> I <loved>. Thank
21: you. <laughs> I feel loved. That was the nicest thing. We love you. Ever. <laughs>